Alex! Steve! It's that time of year! September? Yes, do you know what that means? Mm, summer's almost over. I Well, that part's glorious, but what else does that mean? Mm, we can wake that guy up from Green Day. <laughs> yes, Alex. Football is here! After just a miserable five months of having to roll around on this planet, we finally get to live again. Well, that's exciting. I've, I've, you know, I've been alive the last five months, but you know, you know, it's better to be more alive now, I guess. I'd like to be like one of those bears that can hibernate for like like six months, but like these would be the six months that I hibernate. I don't have to deal with that summer nonsense, and then I can just be ready to roll in September when the weather's cool, and so am I, and my teams are awesome. And since you're opposite hibernating from bears, you never have to be afraid of bears. Or they'd eat me while I hibernated. I think they're pretty cool. They wouldn't do that. <laughs> well, it is good to connect with you again, Alex. It's it been like two days since I got to see you. I know you. I know we're brothers, but we do have this very solid thing that we don't talk to each other outside of football season. So, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> but I mean, so think about what it means if football wasn't here. Yeah, I don't know what would we talk about even. I don't know. <laughs> I know what we do talk about, but moving on. Hey, Lucas. Hey, Steve. How are you? Peachy. This is the good time of year. It, it is. You, you got a better family dynamic than, than most families out there if you guys don't talk to each other for five months and then you do. It's pretty <laughs> glorious. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to change things up a little bit this season and, and see how this goes. So, uh, Steve, in, in all of his, uh, pontificating, uh, analyst glory doesn't get a chance to really, uh, show us his genius that often. So we're going to, uh, take a break from him figuring out and asking questions and facilitating discussion. And, and so he can just give us the best version of him. We're so um, I know this is going to be great. All right, so we want to start it off uh, this week, uh, talk a little NFL news. Um, a lot of things happening in the off season, but one of the biggest things that still hasn't been resolved yet is the whole Jonathan Taylor situation. Um, Ursay being Ursay, saying what he is saying, um, you know, because owners are always right because they control the money. Running backs not getting paid. Taylor now not playing for the first four weeks of the season. Uh, which ends up happening after our draft. So that does uh, kind of handicap one team. What are your thoughts? I am so all over the place with this. Like, the basic conundrum 101 of this whole thing is like, okay, you want a lot of value. And if you're going to trade Jonathan Taylor, you want a lot of value, but he's not valuable enough to give money to. Like, you got to you gotta pick an aisle, my man. And he's not doing that. And, there's a part of me that thinks this pup thing is almost punishment, but I don't think that can work because I think a medical doctor has to say, like, the guy can't play because of his ankle. Otherwise, you could just stash all sorts of people on the pup list. So then that creates the problem of, okay, if this thing is enough that he could be on the pup list, does that mean, like, if he gets a contract, he's all better in four weeks? Or this this is, like, Michael Thomas territory. You remember that ankle injury just kept lingering and lingering. And, what, we're three years out, and now we think we might get him back this year? So do you think the uh, pup list is um, the owner and management's doing, or do you think it's Taylor's doing? Do you think he he forced himself on there so he didn't have to play? 
Well, I wonder what you guys think, but I think if you're asking me first what I think, I think it's NFL players have the holy crap beat out of them, and if he had his money, he'd be playing. But he doesn't have his money, and he's an NFL player with a crap load of injuries, and it's pretty easy to lean on the ankle thing. So I think he could play, but the injury is enough to, like, let the doctor sign off on him not playing. Alex. So I'm very much of the front that I think sometimes they complain for too much money, but I was looking at a thing where, like, they made a contract with their kicker, and I'm pretty sure it was like $20 million over four years. And then Jonathan Taylor was making $7 million over five years, I think it was, or four. And he doesn't want to pay him more, and I don't understand. Now, I'm very much a special teams enthusiast. I think that these kickers and punters need to make some extra money because these people have a crap. Now, let me tell you what. When you were, you've been a fan, you got a kicker for 20 years, you better pray they don't leave, because once they leave, you're going to be in a lot of trouble, because kickers are hard to get right now. But, I mean, this is a big but, I, and, you know, maybe Jonathan Taylor deserves a, I mean, like a splash more money than a kicker. You know, that's, that's just my opinion. Where am I in terms of it with fantasy? I don't know. I didn't draft him, and I was never going to, so it never really surprised me much. Um, I was actually kind of happy when he got picked before me. So I was like, Hey, one decision that I don't have to worry about. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, that's really all I got to say about Jonathan Taylor. You know, I hope you, I hope, I hope you get your bread, dude. Yeah. There's only one kicker that's worth that kind of money. Right, Steve. I was going to say young wick who makes more than Jonathan Taylor. And I'm only kind of okay with that. And I am right on this, right? Yeah. I don't know about the kicker. I mean, that's probably top kicker money, so I think you're probably right in theory about that. Uh, yeah, the the Colts have agreed to a record-setting contract with former Rams kicker. Four-year deal worth $22.5 million. Oh, Matt Gay is pretty good. But I also want to side thank you, Alex, because now we have the title title of this show, Special Teams Enthusiast. Yay! <laughs> All right. So while I'm writing that one down, um, kind of to, to uh, combine the two questions here, um, Kelly uh, had a very interesting decision to make for her keeper this year uh, as she had both Jonathan Taylor and Josh Jacobs on her team, and, and that's who she was deciding between. So um, before our draft, both of them had contract situations, um, and she had to determine which one was the safer pick, and she ended up going Jacobs, which as of this point uh, seems to be the the much more wiser decision. So uh, because Jacobs ends up signing a contract and it will be playing week one. So what do you think about that? Congratulations on making that money, Mr. Jacobs. You know, you got a lot of running backs out there, specifically one that we talked about quite recently that's having a lot of trouble getting those contracts. Congratulations, man. You did it. Go make that money. Go play some ball, man. That's what you've been practicing your whole life to do. What team is he on? I don't know. The Raiders, maybe. Am I right? Yes, very good. You can hey. remember kicker contracts, but, hey. but you can't remember teams. Yep. You know, I, <laughs> I think I'm the perfect special teams analyst. You know, I'm not that guy that you probably want on the front desk. I'm that guy where they're like, and let's bring in our special teams analyst, and then I'm on the show for 30 seconds, you know, and then, like, the main guys. I don't know, Skip Bayless, is he a thing anymore? He won't know my name, but I'd be on his show for, like, 45-second segment. I'm like, look at this kick return. And then That's back to you, Skip. That's that's a great job. If you only have to work for thirty seconds a day, man, that's the dream. Yep, I get paid a kicker salary though, comparatively. 
and not the Matt Gay salary. Hey, you know what? I would take a Matt Gay salary for working 30 seconds a day. I don't know about you. I mean, absolutely. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I more mean comparatively, like I'm making minimum like $7 an hour. Yeah. So, Steve, the contract is one year worth up to $12 million. Um, who does that benefit more, him or the team? I just – I think he played a crap hand as best as he can play because the franchise tag was only one year, ten million, and I think he and Saquon pulled a similar maneuver to get the two million in incentives, which also then, if they get salary, I'm sorry, franchise tag next year is going to move that number up twenty percent automatically, so that we're talking fourteen million dollars a year to get franchise tagged next year. So two years, twenty six million dollars, certainly nothing to sneeze at, but not that market. Uh, I can definitely see how they would feel like they're not getting their money's worth. So I think the the club wins that because there aren't many other positions where the best player in the league gets $14 million a year. Yeah, and to put a little fantasy spin on it, uh, I think that greatly benefits Kelly. Uh, if you got a top running back on a one-year contract, uh, you know he's going to put forth a really good effort. He's not going to coast in because he didn't just get paid for four or five years and, and could fall off because I think he – Surprised all of us last year, so it's probably a good situation for her too. I, if this were like twenty nine other teams, I'm totally with you. But like, there's like the Raiders, the Browns, and the Lions, which are just like clown shows. So I'm a little worried. Like, it seems like there's already a mini revolt against like Lane Kiffin. Like, I don't know if you saw this. Like, defensive end Chandler Jones is like tweeting how he doesn't want to play for these guys, and like he was locked out of the gym or the team facility, and like. They reached out to his girlfriend to ask her personal questions. Like, as I get it, the story's still coming together. But, like, anyway, moral of the diatribe is that, like, yes, normally I'd agree, but the Lakers, the Raiders are so messed up. I don't know. Yeah, that's a very good point. So I'm, All right. They, they called his girl. What kind of personal questions? They're like, what's his favorite snack? Was it like Chef they were going to really broken that story yet. Well, like, was it, but, like, were they going to, like, do. Okay, so, like, imagine this comes out. They locked him out of the locker room because it's his birthday, and they had a surprise party set up, but it was only half set up, and they called his girlfriend because they needed to know what his favorite cake flavor was. Maybe he's just not understanding what's going on, and this was just a very weird coincidence. Maybe that can be a poll question for us. What is Chandler Jones' favorite ice cream flavor? <laughs> I was going to say, what, what, what personal questions are okay to ask versus what personal questions are not? You know, I really do want to see the rest of the story. That's an appropriate one. Which one, Alex? What's your favorite cake flavor? I feel that that's oh, very appropriate. Yeah, absolutely. Real quick, Lucas, and we'll talk about Kelly's team later. Like, was there any consideration to somebody besides the running backs? Like any? Um, I I would have to look at her roster, and we can we can get to that when we talk keeper round. Okay. I don't remember offhand, so. Um. So, uh, speaking of old men, uh, um, oh, wait, that's just us. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins going to Tennessee. Alex. Yep. How would you rate that? One to ten for, for, for DeAndre and for the rest of the world? Hmm. I'd say just like, it's like a five for the rest of the world, you know? Could be good, could be bad. I don't really know what he's going to do in Tennessee specifically. Um, I think that he could see a lot of playtime if he still has it. So it's really, it could be beneficial for the Titans if it works. I think it's a good move for Hopkins, maybe. The only thing I get worried about is when someone moves around on teams that much, it usually means that there's like an issue 
maybe not with performance. But I don't know. Maybe he's just a cool guy and he's just looking to find his break. You know what I mean? So do you think it's a really good move to pick him up in the sixth round, or do you think that was that that's just dumb and he should go later? Hmm. I think it's I think it's an okay pick, you know. Oh, because you're referencing because I picked him in the sixth be, round. Be, because you picked him in the sixth round, Alex. Yes, that's where yeah. I'm going with this. Hey, you know what? Maybe DeAndre Hopkins is getting to that age where he wants a Super Bowl nowadays. You know what I mean? He keeps going to teams and they're like, "Okay, what you guys all got for me?" And they're like, "Nothing. You're it." And he's like, "Wait, what do you mean?" And he's like, "No, I mean like you're our only wide receiver. Like we got we got we got Christian Kirk here a little bit, but yeah, you you're." Think- you don't think he does any, like, research on the teams uh, before he signs for them or anything like that? I mean, who would do that, right? Yeah, I don't know who would do that. <laughs> I would have no idea who's on the team that I go to, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, Steve, does that make Tennessee a Super Bowl contender now? I'm not being sarcastic when I say I don't think it makes them a Super Bowl contender, but I think it makes them the favorite to win the division. Brable's a good coach, and I think this craters a lot of fantasy football value for the wide receivers, but now – if DeAndre Hopkins can stay healthy and he's your one, and Traylon Burks is your two, and I mean, you know, I'm a man. I've got my conviction here, Lucas. I'm a big fan of Chicken Conqua at the tight end, and if Derrick Henry can just be 80% of Derrick Henry and that defense and that coach, yeah, bad for fantasy football. I think it's great for the Titans if he stays healthy. That was very similar to what I said, just much more professional and quickly spoken. <laughs> Yes, entertainment value versus uh, kind of like intellectual value, yes. Yeah, you said I was entertaining. You can't take that back now. <laughs> no, I said you were intellectual. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ooh, so. Lucas, what do you think? you think this, uh, is he old man Hopkins or is there some meat on the bone left? I don't know. Um, he did fairly decent as old man Hopkins last year, but that's only because he played half a season. I would be very interested to have this conversation week 12. There's a good chance we could. But I was also the person saying for the past four or five years that this was the year that Tom Brady was going to suck, and that never happened. So who knows? All right. Um, So speaking of breaking news, boy, I'm really bad at these transitions. Um. Good news for the Lions in the real world. It appears that today Travis Kelsey injured himself in practice, possible tweaked knee, um, and is now what I believe doubtful for the Thursday night game in two days. So um, thoughts in terms of a fantasy perspective and thoughts in terms of, hey, we're we're freaking Lion fans, man. This is great. Mm. Well, Alex, I want you to – Alex, I'm going to go first because I want to check in on this, like – the world wants to believe in the Lions. And mm-hmm. I want to believe in the Lions. I want to believe Congress can be functional. I want to believe we can fix the environment. But I don't think these are things are going to happen. Like, the defense was terrible last year for the most part. Mm-hmm. The offense was okay behind a great coordinator. But what did we do? Our, our first-round pick is still, like, got his latest physical ailments and suspension. The sun god is fantastic. The running backs, I don't know. There isn't much depth at wide receiver, and our, our, our projected number two receiver right now is the, the, the rookie tight end. Like, why am I believing in this? And you're not allowed to use the word heart in this answer. 
All right, Steven, let me give you the lowdown on one of the best teams Detroit's seen in years. First off, we have one of the best offensive lines in the league. You cannot deny that. Secondly, our defensive line is one of some of the most adept in the NFL. If you actually take a look at that list, they have a lot of backup players that even made big plays last year, and we had some of them make huge plays in the preseason. They Spotsnack, name the four defensive line starters. I'm telling you to look them up. I'm still going. Our starting linebacker core, I want you to know, we have Rodrigo, the legend that came from last year who had a really high ranking. We have Jack Campbell, who was, I'm not even sure if it was the highest overall graded during the preseason on defense. He did insane. And then we have Alex Anzalone carrying that all out. So we have those three as our defensive backs. Cornerback and defensive back might be an issue. So I think that we might be hit pretty hard, like down deep. Um, but we did pick up a couple, uh, what's his name? I always want to call him Sauce Gardner, but that's not his name. That's the guy from the Jet. C.J. Gardner-Johnson. He has two last names. It's the same. We picked up C.J. Gardner-Johnson. I think he has some speed that can help in the back. It'll be pretty nice. Biggest thing is the offense, though. Again, like what I was saying, we have one of the best offensive lines in the league, and we have a two-running back system that works pretty well. What they're saying, Jameer Gibbs is killing it in camp, and we also have kind of a setup for Jared Goss' offense now. So we have a lot more of, like, the underneath passes, and we have running back. They're trying to, anyway, include them in the passing game, although Jameer Kibbs is having issues with that. It might work out. When Jameson Williams is back, though, our wide receiver set will be really solid, and also we have Jack Fox. So, good team. Special teams enthusiast right there. Mm-hmm. Best punter. Well, you know what, though? He might be overshadowed by Michigan State's punter, but – but he's not on the Lions, so we won't talk about him. So he's, but he's not on the Lions, so we won't talk to him. I'm telling you, Steve, they're a good team. What's going to be, what's the score going to be tomorrow night if Travis Kelsey does not play? It's going to be zero to zero because tomorrow's Wednesday. <laughs> if we go to Thursday, <laughs> checkmate. Mate, you're welcome. But if we go to Thursday, I think that the oh my gosh, I think that the Lions are going to win thirty-two to twenty-eight. I think they're going to lose 38 to 10. Where do you fall, Lucas? Um, I fall in the camp of, wow, that took a lot of skill to turn a question about Travis Kelsey into how are the Lions going to do this year. So, yeah, see, Steve cut you off. So anyway, well done, me, well done both back, of you. Let me get back to the Travis Kelsey question. <laughs> yeah. I have a short-term memory. So Travis Kelsey, in terms of fantasy value, that's really big because a lot of people need to use a early-round pick for him as a tight end which is really hard because he's like the one tight end you want to grab early. If he's out, I I feel like, I don't know, usually when I do a tight end list, like he was, he's a he's in his own tier. And once that's gone, it kind of like makes tight end kind of like an unimportant, like a less important position because I feel like there's a lot of guys that kind of, yeah, I don't know. And so for the person that really grabbed him, you're really relying on the tight end position to outscore your opponent's tight end to really help with your team. Um, in terms of affecting the game against the Lions, I don't know how big of a deal that is because the short passes were usually pretty solid at defending. I think they could do well against Travis Kelsey. The problem they're going to have is with speed. And the biggest thing is Mahomes getting out of the pocket because the Lions can never shut that down. So I don't know how much of an effect it will have against him, but overall for the Kansas Chief, I think it will have a very big impact. That is my answer. See, intellectual. Well said. Thank you. Steve, entertainment value. Go. Plus, he's almost as old as us. Once they starts to be, uh, once the seal is broken, I am out. So, fantasy impact. I think Kelsey goes down the toilet this year. The Chiefs will be fine. Yeah, well said. 
by the way, our defensive tackles are Aiden Hutchinson, which I know Alex knew. Um, I would like to see if you can name one of the remaining three starters, though, because I would have never gotten any of them. It's hard because they all because it's hard because they're all very much like taken in and out. It's almost like they're not a starting system minus like Aiden Hutchinson. I know there's Isaiah Bugs. Ah, there you go. According to ESPN's depth chart, Isaiah Bugs is our starting right defensive tackle. So good okay. job. Well, hold on. Isaiah Bugs is a healthy scratch Thursday. Oh, well, according to this, he's our starting right defensive tackle. Is James is- Houston the starting end? The other starting end. Oh, wait a minute. Um, the Aquaras. Uh, yeah, Romeo. Romeo is a backup, and James Houston is a linebacker. Really? Oh, okay. Yeah. So, anyway. One of, them, one of those guys just killed it in the preseason. I'm pretty sure. But which one was it? One, one of the two. Okay, I might be going back on my intellectual thing now. All right. Well, okay. <laughs> Last NFL question. Uh, another pretty significant injury, Cooper Cup is now seeing a specialist for his hamstring injury. Uh, Steve, how concerned are you? One to ten, ten being very concerned. That he's going to be Cooper Cup that we have come to know. Yes, how, con- how concerned are you that this is going to be a lasting injury throughout the season and that he will not put up Cooper Cup numbers? Eight to nine. Um, I mean, if you literally, if you go back and look at the history of Cooper Cup, he's never not been fantastic when he's played. But I mean, that magnificent year he had was partially magnificent because they're few and far between. I'm gonna wager he's only played a full season and or missed a game like only twice in his eight-year career. So, no. Once it starts happening with him, I and he's now 30 slash the infamous 31. I'm out. So eight and a half to nine. I think this was a great pick at the time, and not anymore. Alex, anything to add? Hey, yeah. Um, was your team name um, Two Girls, One Cup when you had Cooper Cup? Chub Cup. Yeah. But like, could, you, could you do Two Girls, One Cup, One Chub? That's kind of funny. Anyway, <laughs> I got a laugh from Lucas. That was that's, the biggest thing I wanted to one. throw in there. Yeah, thank you. Um, am I worried about Cooper Cup? Absolutely not. That guy with feisty football player. You got to be out there catching them passes. He's got them skills. Fantasy perspective, yeah, absolutely. Anytime you have to see a specialist over a hamstring, I mean, I do. They, is there like such thing as a hamstring doctor? Uh, probably. When it comes uh, to NFL this, players, Lucas. I'm sure you're, you're 22. You're sitting your anatomy class, and you're trying to become a doctor one day because your parents want you to be successful. And you're like, I don't want to be a doctor. And then all of a sudden, boom, hamstring comes up on the front page, and you're like, that's what I'm specializing in. That's my art, hamstrings. Yep. So, so quick Google search of is there a hamstring doctor tells me that uh, what specialties of doctors treat hamstring injuries? Hamstring injuries are treated by primary care physicians. That's not that's untrue. They said a specialist. He said a specialist. In the news, you said a specialist, so it had to be a specialist. And then uh-huh. um, I was going to say, if there were hamstring doctors, they had to make so much money in 2020. Yeah, yeah. You remember that? Everyone ripped their hamstring. It, I think this is like a movement specialist. I think that's what he went to see. 
Oh, a move, like a move, like to move his leg? I can only tell you what the, uh, a movement specialist in Minnesota. That's what I remember. Lucas, Lucas, Steve, I'm not going to be able to give my full critique if I am unsure of all of the details of the, of the news story. You know what I mean? I need to know what the specialist is doing. Like, is he just going to go see a specialist because he's sad about his leg? There, there are those specialists too. There are. Yeah. Like, is, is it that his, his leg bent backwards at a 90 degree angle and it didn't hurt and he was confused? I don't know. I, you know. Well, luckily you don't need your hamstring to run really fast, so he should be okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. So what we're going to do now um, is kind of review our draft in our league. We're going to move on to to our league here. What I like to do, we'll go uh, first four rounds, uh, including keepers. So keepers, and then rounds one through three. Um, and I'd like I will read off uh, the the ten picks, um, and I would like you to tell me. Uh, one, which was the reach, um, at the time, uh, not, not with, uh, current news, um, taken into account at this point, but at our time of our draft a couple of weeks ago, um, what was the reach and which one was the best pick and or best value pick? So, uh, pick out two players for each round and, and give me your quick analysis on that. So, uh, starting, uh, with the keepers. Uh, so the keepers were Devontae Adams, Cooper Cup, Travis Kelsey, uh, Josh Allen, Tony Pollard, Tyreek Hill, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Jacobs, Jalen Hurts, and Nick Chubb. Steve, we'll start with you. Which one did you think was a, a reach or you were, you were the most surprised on? We'll go with that as well. I think it's got to be Travis Kelsey. Um, it, if we had a dedicated tight end position, this would have been a fine choice, but we don't. And I think about six times a year, I will always say the top tight end historically is no better than wide receiver 10 or 11. And when you had Joe Burrow there, who I don't know about you guys was my quarterback for, for this league format. I don't think you, I don't think you pass on Joe Burrow for Travis Kelsey. Um, all the other decisions seemed rock solid. I question that one. Flip side, I think that the best value picks were the keepers were in our league quarterbacks for Kings. So I think that's my Patrick Mahomes and Cam's Josh Allen and Lucas just a quarter step behind with Jalen Hurts. Alex. Mm, well, I feel like it's like hindsight's 2020 because it's like really hard because it's like, especially with Travis Kelsey being hurt, like it's just a solid question mark. Um, who else could they have kept instead of Travis Kelsey? You said Joe Burrow, eh. or see, but then I wouldn't have Joe Burrow. So yeah, that's right. Um, there were a couple of running backs. Uh, uh no, she couldn't keep Barkley because she kept him. No, she couldn't keep Herbert. Herbert. So I think she had Barkley and Henry as well. Yep. Mm. They just felt like they're better options. Yeah, but she likes Travis Kelsey, you know? Sometimes you just have a person. Sure. Mm-hmm. Matt That's likes Delvin Cook. He's still got Delvin Cook at an appropriate time. Yes. <laughs> what What do you think was the best pick there? Ooh, what I think was the best, like in the keeper round? Yeah. Who kept Mahomes? Your brother. Steve, right? Yeah, I mean, there you yeah. go. Yeah, I, I, he just gets all the points, you know what I mean? 
Now, I would I would like to throw some context around the Tony Pollard pick. That that's you know if you're you're singing Sesame Street and one of these things is not like the other, one of these things does not belong. It would be Tony Pollard. Um, but with some context around that, that honestly on that roster that he inherited was was really the only pick that he had. Um, so we hadn't mentioned that, but I wanted to throw that in there as well. No, that's a fair catch. Yeah. All right. So now. We start actually picking real players for a real fantasy league. Uh, and so our defending champ, um, you know, embarrassment of riches, uh, Derek, is, ends up getting the first pick as well. Uh, and he picks Justin Herbert. Uh, then we have um, Matt picking Christian McCaffrey. Carly with Austin Eckler. Cam with Justin Jefferson. Uh, Lucas Jr. Uh, with Jamar Chase. Uh, Bobby with Saquon. Steve with A.J. Brown. Kelly with Derek Henry. And then I swung in and picked up Bijan Robinson. And Alex rounded us off with Stefan Diggs. So, and you can obviously keep their whole uh, draft in perspective as you're picking here. Um, so what do you what was the reach? What was the surprise and what was the best pick? Steve, why don't you go first? Sorry, uh some odd thing just threw me off for a moment. I think the reach Boy, of pertinent one, later. <laughs> I think the reach of round one had to be your misses taking Derrick Henry. I think the rest of the players felt like they belonged in round one and I very well could be wrong if he has another Derrick Henry year. He's just at the age where you start to back off of running back. So it's not terrible, but if you're asking me for the worst of the 10, that's the one. Um, I hate to keep doing this, but I'm going to go with the tie for the best value in round one. Uh, Lucas getting Bijan at nine is a steal at when I had him going around six. Um, but I think the one that is right there, Justin Jefferson lasting to four when I think he's the number one in most drafts. Um, I think those are the two, but if you make me pick one, I'm going to go with Jefferson just because it is a proven commodity and there still is a little bit of the unknown with Bijan. Alex. Oh, man. That's really hard. I was going to say the best was Justin Jefferson. I really wanted him on my team, and after the first three picks, I was very confused as to why he was still up there. That dude was solid. Um I'm very surprised he dropped to four, but it was just it was just one of those things where people before them knew who they wanted and knew if they wanted to get them, they had to grab them when they did. So I think that was a good pickup to be able to pick him that late. Um, <clears throat> hmm. Round two. I think my list is off. I'm going off at of ESPN. That's what I've been looking at. But yeah, I we're would, not to we're not to round two yet. <clears throat> Well, no, never mind. But which, which one do you thought had the most value? Besides Stefan Diggs, of course, at 10. Yeah, well, I mean, of course it was him, but I, Justin Jefferson, I think, was the most value. Um, when it comes to somebody oh. that... Man, that's hard. Well, while, while you're thinking there, Steve, I'd like to dig into the A.J. Brown pick. Um. I'm not saying I'm right, but I was a little surprised that he went that early, and I'm not sure why. 
So I'd just like to hear your thoughts on why why you went AJ Brown. You know, Lucas, this offseason was really weird for me. I would say on the one hand, I did less prep work than I've ever done before just because, you know, life. Um, but the one thing I did more of is I actually got to watch more um, game film. Like I paid, I think it's a great deal. You pay 80 bucks to the NFL and you get to watch all the live games that are on the, the networks so of the Monday night game, the Sunday night game, all the playoffs. But you also get to watch all the replays. Uh. I'm bringing this up because when you ask about A.J. Brown, like, of all the kind of, to me, there's a cluster. A.J. Brown, Stephon Diggs, Garrett Wilson, Amon St. Brown, C.D. Lamb, Chris Olave, those type guys. Like, just to watch, like, that's the guy that can do everything. He can catch the long ball. He can make people miss. He's not Calvin Johnson, but that's what it reminds me of. I mean, he just, I was not normally a big fan of his, but watching the tape, like, I just, uh, I was really impressed. And I was, uh, I was quite okay with him at seven. Very fair. Alex, uh, any thoughts on uh, on the non-value? Yeah, well, first region? off, I was having trouble because I was looking at the 2022 draft list. I was like, this is wrong. But anyway, and I think when I say the value, like, this is just in my opinion. It doesn't mean it was a bad pick. But I would say Justin Herbert. Um, And it's really hard because, like, I swear in our leagues you have to take this, like, gamble is if you think quarterbacks are going to fly off early. And I think Derek thought they would, but then I'm pretty sure only one other quarterback was selected before his next pick. Like, that's – I don't know – I don't necessarily know if Justin Herbert would have lasted that long. He might have even gotten Joe Burrow. But, like, it's just giving up the number one pick overall for it when it probably would have fallen just because of the way that the draft fell. Yeah, you are correct. There was only one – more quarterback taken before he picked next mm-hmm. um, in, in, in the next round. So, yeah, I think that one uh, threw a lot of people uh, by surprise. But, again, like we mentioned that earlier, if that's your guy, you go get your guy. Um, and, yeah, and that's what I'm saying. It's not a bad pick necessarily. Yep. Just like, yeah. Yep. But it, it did kind of throw everything else in, in disarray for a little bit. So, um, all right, round two. So we snake back around. So Alex has the first pick in round two. So he gets Stefan Diggs and then turns around and picks up the aforementioned Joe Burrow. Uh, then I drafted Garrett Wilson. Uh, Kelly grabbed the sun god, Amon Ra, St. Brown. Uh, Steve uh, picks up C.D. Lamb. Bob gets Chris Olave. Uh, Lucas Jr. grabs the second tight end in Mark Andrews. Uh, Cam picks up DK Metcalf. Carly gets T. Higgins. Uh, Matt picks up Devonta Smith. And Derek finishes off with Jalen Waddell. So, Alex, we'll start with you. Which one was reach? Mark Andrews. Um, yep. Yep. I think Lucas made a mistake there, and he just didn't realize it wasn't a tight end needed league. Um, if it was, it might have still been a little bit of a reach, but I know how much he loves Mark Andrews. Um, a little bit of a goof, but, I mean, I, it's not like it's a bad person to have on your team. It's just definitely not a round two player. Um, yeah, and, and he did it, mention that after the draft, too, that, that he didn't realize that we did not have a dedicated tight end position, so we'll give him that. Yeah, we'll give him that, but. Greatest value, Joe Burrow, baby. And that's not even me picking me because it's me. That's just with another third year of confidence. That's just Joe Burrow's a solid pick there, I think. 
Did not think I was going to have a quarterback. That's it. Steve. Alex, just real quick, I want to say, um, I, I still stand by my, to the previous question Lucas asked you, I stand by my, my thought that, uh, Henry, pardon me, words, was the, was the reach, but I think you made a very compelling argument for Herbert. I, I get why you did it. I think we all do, but I, really, I appreciate how you framed that. And honestly, I probably, if I'd gone first, I would have given the answers that you gave, but to kind of shake it up a little bit, just to do something differently. Um, I think to me, the reach of the draft is, of the round, I think Cam had a spectacular draft, but I would not have taken DK Metcalf in front of T Higgins, Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle. Uh, DK Metcalf is in a, he's got three wide receivers he's dealing with on a run first team. Um, so it wasn't a terrible reach. Cam, if you're hearing me, I just maybe four picks before I would have gone. Um, flip side, best pick, um, a little bit of a rally from Justin Herbert in the first round to get Jalen Waddle 20 or I guess 30 overall feels really well. I would have taken him. Um, I probably would have taken where Olave went, but at least where Mark Andrews went. So I think he got him about five, six picks ahead of ADP. So really liked Waddle on that spot. But again, Alex, I would have picked your choices had I gone first. Thanks, man. Yeah, I appreciate your insight. I'm trying my best. All right. Um, and then finally, um, so then as we snake back around and Derek picks up Jalen Waddell, he follows that up with drafting Christian Watson. Uh, then Matt gets Lamar Jackson. We start getting a run at quarterbacks here. So Lamar Jackson goes to Matt. Uh, Carly picks up Trevor Lawrence. Cam takes the flyer on Jonathan Taylor. Uh, Lucas Jr. grabs Justin Fields with the fifth pick in the third round. Uh, Bob grabs Calvin Ridley. Steve gets Drake London. Kelly picks up Travis Etienne Jr. Um, I pick up Debo Samuel. And then Alex finishes off with Joe Mixon. Steve, start with you. I'm going to answer the question, but I want to kind of talk about the round in general and get your opinion on it, Lucas. Like, we didn't get a chance to check on it, but I am pretty sure we never saw what happened in round three ever happen in our league history. Quarterback goes in the first pick of the round, and then it is nine wide receivers and tight ends with no running backs in the second round. And then what happens is, to me, in my draft board, when Jalen Waddle goes, it is an absolute tear break. A huge tear break to me once we get to Christian Watson in that entire round. It's about what you believe. Like, I can make a bust case for everybody in this round except Trevor Lawrence. But I'm just kind of curious if you had a similar thought on this round and this spot in the draft or not. Um, yeah, that feels right. Um, I, yeah, um, I'm trying to look ahead in, in future rounds and see if there's some really good picks that could have gone earlier there. Um, I agree with your your wide receiver teardrop. I did not realize until you mentioned it, round two, we, you're right, we had one tight end, one quarterback, and eight receivers come off the board. Um, I think, uh, from my personal perspective, uh, I had picked my number one receiver, um, the first first one to go in round two, and then all those came off the board including a few more in round three and with my running back, my quarterback and receiver, um, 
I kind of scrambled a bit. I was like, oh, I better get my other wide receiver and didn't think that through. So, uh, but no, that, that feels right. Um, I think they all have potential. I wasn't super happy with Debo um, there, but um, I guess we'll find, we'll find out. We'll see how they do. Appreciate that. And I think, you know, to get what you did in the first three rounds and then come back with Debo as your fourth round pick. I mean, last year you'd been pretty ecstatic with that. <laughs> but true. to answer the question, um, again, I, I think that you can make a bust case for most everyone here, minus Trevor Lawrence. Ergo, I'm going to tell you, I think Trevor Lawrence is the best pick. And it's a nice rally by Carly to say, well, you didn't keep Burrow, but you got Trevor Lawrence. That, that's legitimately a pretty good um, compensation there. So I think that one. And I think everybody went with their hearts here, but I've got to, for the second time in this, go ahead and say that I think it's Junior that makes the biggest mistake of the round. Like, running quarterbacks are not in our league what they are in traditional leagues. Like, half point complete per completion, it matters a lot. Like, I went back and looked at Justin Fields' game log in preparation for this question. He has two ginormous games by our standards, and everything else is average or below average. So that is not... That's not what you're looking for in the fifth quarterback to come off the board. So that's my reach of this round. Alex. Well, 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 Steve. The desk has turned. I want to make sure if we want to get some recollections from previous uh, episodes here where I said Trevor Lawrence was going to be the future best quarterback. He was on my team, and he was amazing. And you said he wasn't. And now you're saying he's a great pick in the third round. I'm just throwing that back out there. Anyway, I'm gonna, no, 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 I'm going to step in. I want to fall on the grenade. You were a thousand percent right. I, and this was stupid by me. I hated Urban Meyer as a coach. You're going to have that on the record all the time too. Like why I wouldn't have thought that, uh, once you got rid of him, Trevor Lawrence is going to be fine. A generational talent. Stupid call by me. You stood your ground and you were right, Alex. Floor is yours. Yeah. It wasn't a stupid call by you. Urban Meyer was a terrible coach, but like, could you imagine this? Like, a lot of time is like they throw a quarterback like into the NFL and they make him a backup and they have to learn, or they just like trial by fire. Like they literally tied Trevor Lawrence's hands behind his back and blindfolded him, and like now he can see. You know what I mean? They put like the biggest weight on him possible, and now he can lift it off, and now he's like super speed. You know what I mean? That's what that called when you the hardest thing possible. He had to deal with Urban Meyer. Yeah, it's well, like. It's only us like here, bro. Bench pressing an extra 100 pounds and then taking that 100 pounds off and doing 20 more reps. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's my boy Trevor. Good, 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 uh, good, uh, simile, Lucas. Anyway, <laughs> um, where was I going at? I like just, I like Trevor Lawrence as a pick in the third round. Um, I was, like, semi-hoping everyone still thought he was trash so I could somehow find a way to get him to back up later, but I knew it wasn't going to happen. I was bummed when he got taken. Um, it just stinks because I want to say, like, Jonathan Taylor for, like, value, but, like, I have to remember this is, like, me at the draft. You know yeah. what I mean? Jonathan Taylor could end up being super valuable there. Uh, it's just not good starting off that way. Yeah, well, it just stinks because I think, like, literally a week, what, a week and a half later, I did another draft and got him in, like, round six mm-hmm. or something like that. It's just it's just unfortunate. So I wouldn't say that that's – I wouldn't say that that's the least value. Um, I like Debo. I don't know. I don't really mm. – So I'll throw one out there that you guys haven't mentioned yet, and 
Um, I, I would Christian Watson at pick twenty one. Um, that just seemed all sorts of possible problems for me. Like, sure, you might like him. Sure, he might be good, but brand new quarterback, and he didn't necessarily light it up last year. And he's your first pick in round three. Um, he's got again, love on his side now. Could be wrong. Yeah, he's got a lot of love. Mm-hmm. Um, but you got to throw to somebody. But I don't know. Do you think is that like Jordan loves things? Like every time he throws a good pass, it's like I put a little love on it. If it's not, it should be. Yep. <laughs> I agree. I yeah, Lucas. I can I can get that as well. I think for me, it's uh, if Christian Watson is bad, he's a bad wide receiver three for Derek. If Justin Fields is bad for Junior, like good luck finding a backup quarterback. It's a bigger bust if they both suck. I guess that's what it comes down to. But your rationale really does check out there. Yeah. All right. So um, really quickly. I'm going to uh, list the four players that each team picked here through these the keeper in the first three rounds, and I want you to tell me uh, who your favorite uh, set of four players is. Um, so we've got Devontae Adams, Justin Herbert, Jalen Waddell, and Christian Watson. We've got Cooper Cup, Christian McCaffrey, Devonta Smith, and Lamar Jackson, Travis Kelsey, Austin Eckler, T. Higgins, and Trevor Lawrence, Josh Allen, Justin Jefferson, D.K. Metcalf, and Jonathan Taylor, Tony Pollard, Jamar Chase, Mark Andrews, and Justin Fields, Tyreek Hill, Saquon Barkley, Chris Olave, and Calvin Ridley, Patrick Mahomes, A.J. Brown, C.D. Lamb, and Drake London. Josh Jacobs, Derek Henry, Amon Ra St. Brown, and Travis Etienne. Jalen Hurts, Bijan Robinson, Garrett Wilson, and Debo Samuel. And then Nick Chubb, Stefan Diggs, Joe Burrow, and Joe Mixon. So we don't need to go in depth, but when I listed off four players there, don't go into like, oh, you know, he, he should have not picked them first, should have gone second. Just those those four. Just take those four as is. What are your what's your favorite set of four? Prior to Jonathan. I'm gonna give Alex a minute to process that and I'm gonna say sorry. Um the Tyreek Hill crowd, like if they all hit their ceiling, this team's incredible. Yeah, so we got uh, Tyreek Hill, Saquon Barkley, Chris Olave, and Kelvin Ridley. I love it. I was going to say before Jonathan Taylor's thing, I was going to pick Cam's team. I like this four. Yeah, uh, Allen and Jefferson, I mean. <laughs> yeah. I, I play him in week one. They, they, won me the, they won me the year. Yeah, it's so. going to hurt. It's going to hurt a lot. I see Cam, uh, so you're just over there, you beat me every time, and then you come copy my strat the one time I do beat you. Justin Jefferson, J-Dot combination. <laughs> All right, um, and then finally, guys, um, I mean, we're not going to go through the whole draft uh, and recap, but I think we did a pretty good uh, job uh, recapping uh, at least the top four picks for each team. Um who do you think had the best draft, and who do you think's got some work to do? 
And then we'll actually go through some draft grades, some unbiased draft grades from a couple of sources. Lucas, I feel like I can answer the question if you want, but if I feel like I do that, I feel like I'm tipping my hand on the 10 for 10 if I say you have the best draft or whoever. Like, then who's going to be number one? I'll just answer this question then, Steve. There you go. Go for it, Alex. All right. Who had the best draft? I mean, I would say me, but I'm going to say me. (laughs) You know? This is the year of overconfidence. You know who I got? I got Joe Burrow. I got a lot of classy guys on my team. Um, Who do I think the team needs some work? Kelly's team. That is no offense to her, but especially after the Travis Kelsey thing. That's just rough. Um, Just a rough uh, situation. First of all, uh, Kelly does not have Travis Kelsey. Wait, who has Travis Kelsey? I think you mean Carly? Yeah. Carly! Wait, I I think I got their two teams mixed up. What's Carly's team? Carly is the Diz nerd. And Kelly oh, is like a Blitz of Small World. They're both Disney related. Oh, Disney related. That's great. Disney's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. I'm still going to say Kelly, Steve. All right. Um, so, Steve, I'm going to throw an audible here. And would you like me to throw out the draft grades from our two sources before you do your rankings? Or would Wait. you like to do that afterwards? Okay, never mind. Go ahead. Yeah. Let's. Go with the Jenkins first, just because that way I don't have to try to hold my hold my hand in when we're talking okay. about the draft grades. Everything can be on the table at that point. But, but, but yes. Before we get to the Jenkins, I would like to ask Alex if he is oh, no. prepared with a one for one for today. So, quick question: was that was that the ten for ten, or is it just not called the ten yes. for ten anymore? That was sorry. The 10 that, for 10? that was the ten for ten. Were there ten uh, questions? I was all excited because I thought the 10 for 10 died out, but the one for one was still going strong, as many viewers believed would happen. Yes. Hey, everybody. We actually have, like, actual lyrics for it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One for one. I pieced it together. Thanks. I wrote it myself. Anyway. Have you all heard of the Grimace birthday cake shake? Yes, I actually have heard of this. Is this why you yeah. popped up an image of, of Grimace in our chat earlier? Yeah, and, a beautiful little picture of Grimace. Now, yes. I think this is actually pretty big news because are you pretty sure, Are you were you aware of all the controversy surrounding the Grimace birthday cake shake? You know what? I remember there was controversy, but I forget the details, so fill us in. All right, well, don't worry. I pulled up an article written by Deja Tolentino. I probably mispronounced that. My apologies. McDonald's new berry-flavored Grimace shake is a hit on TikTok, but not necessarily in the way the fast food company might have hoped. Yeah. Um, I closed it. Since McDonald's introduction, the shake on June 6th to celebrate the birthday of its purple monster character, the drink has inspired countless memes across social media. However, the main TikTok trend, dubbed the Grimace shake incident, has stood out. The Grimace Shake incident involves TikTok creators trying the milkshake and then faking their own deaths in horror-inspired scenarios. You hear about this? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Basically, everybody on the internet was just drinking the shake, and then they'd pretend to die and then, like, throw up the shake as they lay on the ground in violent manners. Anyway, biggest news here, McDonald's actually responded to the Grimace Shake killing people, and they posted that picture of Grimace that I put in the chat... <laughs> That was their their only response. It was no words. They, <laughs> they posted that picture of Grimace 
and saying me pretending I don't see the Grimace shake trend. So anyway. Oh, <laughs> they shouldn't have posted any words. They should have just posted the picture. I know. Since that post, <laughs> people have been demanding Grimace <laughs> forced to drink his own shake <laughs> live on TikTok. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, but there's so many dirty, dirty connotations with that statement. I know. First off, what is the Grimace birthday cake shake made of? I know. Right. Yeah. I did have one. It tasted like purple. That's my best definition that I could give. I did not die either, so that's nice. Anyway, <laughs> I was just happy McDonald's responded, and I wanted to share that with my friends. <laughs> Steve... You you have been laughing, but you've been oddly quiet. Your thoughts on the Grimace birthday shake, and have you had one or several? Unfortunately, zero. But I think one of the things I have learned through years of doing this podcast with Alex is when he's on a roll, you lay out and let the magic happen. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Hey, Lucas, before we get to ten for ten, uh, you have been you have been kind of point guarding the questions here, and I appreciate that. But I would throw one at you. We have just gotten through both of the drafts that we two of the three drafts that we do together, like auction versus or salary cap versus redraft. What do you prefer and why? Um, redraft at the moment, uh, because salary cap, I still haven't quite figured out a really good strategy for that. Um, I noticed that I bid really high for the really good players, but never won them because they always went a little too high for me. And so therefore I lost out, on all of the good players and had lots of money left over. So um, the whole how high do you bid and for whom, um, and it doesn't matter, it, it's just it, it throws me for a loop. I would rather, um, it, and it seems more of a, a crapshoot than an actual strategy and intellectual draft. Uh, when it comes to me on my first round pick, I've got to pick the right person, period. Um, not that I have the right person and lose out because I don't have enough money or bid high enough. It's I've, I've got to actually do my homework and, and pick the right one. Okay. Well, I can appreciate that. Like the, the market value is all over the place. I mean, we saw like T Higgins go for as much as like only 10 bucks less than Jeff, Justin Jefferson. I mean, it was kind of a wild ride. And we saw young way be the most expensive kicker. You're a son of a bitch. You son of a bitch. Best five bucks I ever spent. I still had money left over, too, so it's not like it hurt me anyway. So, so yeah, I bought the six, you could have just hurt me more. Alex, what's up? Thank you. Um, as, as you see, I've raised my hand in Skype as I didn't want to uh, interrupt your conversation, as the topic that I'm about to bring up might be considered a distraction. Um, next year at the auction draft, can you hire an actual auctioneer? Oh, yes. Can we do a live action auction draft? How does that work? Do they actually have like an auctioneer guy or are they just like, you know what I mean? Yeah, they do. The, they do have those. All right. Get it done, Steve. All right. Put the hey, you guys want to throw some cash at it. We could actually make this happen. My father-in-law actually is a farmer and goes to these farm auctions all the time. So. Yes, but he can he speak like an auctioneer? Not my. Hey, we got CD Lamb for five dollars. You want CD Lamb for five dollars? CD Lamb has a hamstring injury. CD Lamb, Dallas Cowboys. I don't know where CD Lamb. Seven dollars. Seven dollars from Steven. Yeah. So maybe exactly. they're like auctioneer interns who like do things cheaper because they're still like getting their formal their formal title. 
oh my gosh, do they have like auctioneers? Like what are the what do they call the reps when they had the interim refs? Like interim auctioneers, and they're like, uh, hey guys, we got a oh we got a base up, we got a cow up for sale for seventeen dollars. Who's in? You. Oh my gosh, I would love that just to be like the worst auctioneer ever. You know what, Alex? I nominate you to be our auctioneer, and you can do it however the hell you want. Yay! <laughs> I only accept bids in the increments of thirteen cents, so you're gonna have to do the math on yourself. Wait, that favors Steve and Steve only. That's not fair. Make a bet, Steve. <laughs> and it can't be 26 cents. <laughs> well, that is a perfect transition to the number 10 in the power rankings this week. Is 10 divisible by 13 cents? It is not. No. It's point eight nine. I wouldn't be good at it either. I need a calculator. All right. Look, you get to play along a little bit more as we go into 10 for 10. You haven't had time to figure out what my system is, so I might... Uh, we might not run a perfect game here, but let's find out. Gentlemen, who is number 10? Kelly. <laughs> I um, say that with love. I'm, I'm going to say Lucas Jr. Oh, wait, or is it Steve? Is it this thing again? Oh, God, you, good call. I don't think uh, he's done that for a couple of years, though. Yeah, you I, have, I want to honor. I have put my team where I genuinely think they are. I will, I will say that. Fair enough. Kelly. You staying with uh, Junior, or are you going over to Kelly? You look like he um, made you think about that. No, no, no. I'll, I'll just refer to him as the imposter. We can do that, too. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, Alex is alive and well in his streak for 10. Oh, nice. One for one, baby. And, and Junior, I say that out of love. You're the, the imposter Lucas, not the imposter fantasy football player. I just want to be clear on that. <laughs> So some of this is hard, you know, like how do you balance what you were thinking? You guys have talked about this on draft day versus where we are now, but like this is just there was the I get the Tony Pollard, sorry, Tony Pollard, Derek Henry and the Josh Jacobs difficulty, and I'm trying to recalibrate my thoughts here, but like the one thing I appreciate about Kelly's team is she zigged where everybody zagged. Like we were all wide receiver heavy. She went running back happy. So, I mean, she's probably got the best number three running back, Travis Etienne. Unfortunately, you can only play two. But, like, to be trotting out a wide receiver tight end combination of the Sun God, awesome. But Sky Moore and TJ Hushmanzada with Dak Prescott as your quarterback, it does not feel like the, the ceiling for this team is very high right now. Yeah, so um, I'll just throw in the draft. Yeah, there you go. I'll throw in the draft grades here as we go through each team. That, that'll okay. probably be a good thing. Um, so our, our draft app gave, um, now the range here is anywhere between an A plus and a C plus. C plus is the bottom. Um, and our, our draft, uh, app gave Kelly a B plus. Um, but then in a, um, secondary source, uh, overall, again, um, there was no A plus. It was a minus to C plus was the range. Uh, they gave her a B minus. Um, so, uh, they say her, her strengths are her running backs, um, her de- team defense and her place kicker. Uh, so, um, right. And, uh, it gives her about a 75% chance of making the playoffs, um, with great in-season management. 
with average in-season management, they give her a 41% chance. So I'm just going to be doing that for everybody. So Wait, average, that 75 and 41. Do that for me one more time, please. So they, so they say with great in-season management, with good in-season management, and with average in-season management, they give you a playoff percentage chance. So if you blow it out of the water and really destroy the free agency the entire season, they give her a 75% chance of making the playoffs. If you do average – um, which we'll we'll just call standard for everybody. They give her a forty one percent chance of making the playoffs. Okay. What percentage chance do they give me if I'm bad at mid season management? Just curious, asking for a friend. Doesn't doesn't say bad. So. <laughs> All right. So Alex, you obviously this checked out for you. You put Kelly tenth. Lucas, are you more yeah. grade skater or where we landed? I, I think the beginning of the draft didn't go as well as it could have uh, for her. And when you start off in a hole after the first four rounds, it's tough to climb out. Um, and, yeah, I mean, you really – I always put pressure on myself in those first three, four rounds. And if I feel good after that, then I'm going to like my team. But there were some – no, not to say that those players can't do well, but there were better players on the board. Um and it also says that they particularly like Jerry Judy and Josh Jacobs. Those are the two players that they like on her team. So I'm not a Jerry Judy fan. He is a number one, but he's got Russell thrown to him. And I just don't – I just – that was one of those players I just didn't want on my team. Is Russell Wilson on anyone's team? No. Ouch. What's the odds? What are in your Lucas for you? What are the odds that Russell Wilson can get back to however you define him in Seattle? Um, twenty-five percent. It's more than yeah. just the coach. I don't care what coach he's got. It's the coaches don't play. No, and he doesn't have the Legion of Boom down there in Denver right now. Okay. All right, nine lads. Oh my gosh, guys, is it like a hundred degrees where you are? I am dying. Yeah. All right, I'm sorry. It's, it's really hot out. Oh, you can tell I'm a little out of it today because I, well, I don't have air conditioning. So, anyway, uh, number nine, Lucas. Oh, you have to pick first this time. I pick first last time. I'll I'll stick with the imposter until it's right. I'm gonna say Lucas too. You're both wrong. Lucas Sr. <laughs> it's not Lucas Sr. Okay. Can I do that? I'm going to do that. That's going to be my bit every year. I'm going to be like, Lucas, I the other one. <laughs> anyway. um, Carly? I'm going to say Alex. Carly. Uh... Oh, that's right. The rankings don't make sense yet. Okay. <laughs> so I'll just talk real quickly. Travis Kelsey, top tight ends are still wide receiver 10 and 11, leaving that alone. Beyond that, you love Trevor Lawrence. You love Austin Eckler. Those are gimmies. But I think, again, like, what do you believe the ceiling is for T. Higgins uh, as the as the Robin to uh, Jamar Chase's Batman? Amari Cooper's the number one in a low-octane offense where we don't know what Deshaun Watson is. James Conner's fine, um, but that's it. And a terrible, terrible Arizona team, which is vying for the number one pick in this this draft. And I don't, you know, 
Deontay Johnson, Juju, Matthew Stafford, Traylon Burks, David Montgomery. Does anything speak to your heart on that bench? I just, uh, I don't know. I don't, uh, same as with Kelly. They're not terrible. I just don't see the upside. Yep. Um, so grades, um, our draft app gave Carly an A minus. Um, but the, uh, the other source, I, I forget the source. I'm just called the, the other source. Uh, gave her a B. Um, so for an average in-season management, they give her 57% chance of making the playoffs. Um, and says her receivers and tight end are the strongest part of the team. Um, now, this site did not take into account our starting positions. So while tight end is strong, and that is true, uh, there isn't a dedicated tight end spot. So I, I tend to, you know, knock off a few points for that. So. Um, but the, uh, players they particularly like are the Saints defense, Richie Grant, who must be a defensive player, and James Conner. So those guys are all ranked ahead of where they're typically being drafted. So they think that she got value in those picks. Lucas, what was the percent with medium in season management for making the playoffs? Uh, it was 80, 70, and 57. Oh, hold on. I'm sorry. We'll run this from the one with 80 with great, 70 with good, 57 with average. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought there were only two numbers. I got Kelly 75 and 41. What's her other number? Yeah, Kelly was uh, 75, 60, and 41. Huh. They do not agree with me. So a little bit of uh, tips for, for Carly on this. It says keep an eye out for Goff and Derek Carr. Both were available cheap in August. And and likewise, uh, keep an eye on Jamal Williams. So those are some possible waiver wire ads for her team, they say. All right. So, we're, Lucas, again, Alex kind of landed closer to me. It was his second guess. Who are you more in line with, the, the draft pundits or – our ranking. I plead the fifth. I <laughs> don't remember everybody's drafts, and um, I'm not good at the preseason rankings. <laughs> I try to guess based on how we do against each other and what they were ranked the week before. So, fair enough. All right, Alex, you anything you want to add? Uh, not at the moment. Eight. <laughs> I'm sorry. I gotta be true. I started getting up and walking back and forth. I had to step out of the room for a minute because it's so hot. I'm having trouble breathing. It is so hot in here. Number eight. I'm gonna say Lucas Ahrens. Yes, I agree. You both got it. Junior makes his first appearance in the countdown at eight. Just a real quick run through. We talked about it like Mark Andrews. You don't draft him in round uh, two or I'm sorry, round three of a non tight end draft. Justin Fields does not play well to our format. Tony Pollard was the best option, but wasn't a great keeper. Jamar Chase is wonderful, but that leaves Mike Williams, who's also got his own like three, four headed monster in Los Angeles. And Ramondre Stevenson, who we would have drafted in July, would have been spectacular, but now is sharing the backfield with Zeke. And the bench feels nondescript. So I think, I think you said this at the draft senior that, uh, he's going to be a force to be reckoned with in years to come, but this was a few rookie mistakes gotten his way for year one drafting. Didn't, 
and I, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but like Derek kind of did the same thing his first draft, didn't he? Where it's like he drafted kind of based off of like what he's used to with other drafts, and like yeah. ours is just really different. And I think really that's what hit him here. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. Every everybody with their first year in this league gets a pass. You're going to yeah. do the best that you can, but our scoring system is is so unique, and that's not a knock on it. I like it. It's yeah. it's been perfected over the 15 to 20 years, um, but it's it's definitely unique. So it's something to get used to. So um, well, the biggest thing is too is whatever those percentages you have for him, I would automatically assume the great mid season management because he really does know what he's doing. He is somebody that I goes used to go to for advice, which I can no longer. Uh, you're welcome, guys, because uh, I'm not going to be as competitive as I was in previous seasons. But uh, he really knows what he's doing. So I'm really interested to see what he does in this league. And also, he is very much adamant about making trades. So we'll see what happens with that. Oh, you just made a, a best friend in Steve. Good <laughs> job, Good job, Luke. Um, if you want to try to make a trade with Lucas, he'd love it. He'd go yeah, back and forth with it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so I'm starting to uh, disseminate other stats um, through these draft apps, and I can kind of see a trend uh, with your rankings here too. So uh, to go back really quick um, on Kelly and Carly. Um, so Kelly, um, really quick, she had six players. Well, actually, we'll say seven because they didn't have our keepers. She has seven players in the top 100 and then five outside the top 100. Um, and and the uh, the quick summary of her draft from the other one was reaching above ADP uh, for her and Carly. Uh, Carly was similar um, in that she had four top 50 players and then six between 50 and 100. So, um, again, on that, that lower end. Uh, the rating for Luke, uh, he was a, a C+. Plus. Um, he was the lowest rated draft, the worst draft in uh, the secondary source that I did. Um, and, does, and does that go off of him being forced to grab Tony Pollard in the first round? Uh, quite possibly. Um, yeah. Yep. Uh, because uh, a trusting NFL draft pedigree was the comment on his draft uh, at a C plus, uh, but he was a B plus in our draft app. Um, but again, rated with four players in the top fifty and six uh, between fifty and a hundred. So very similar to Carly, who was right behind him. I don't mean to cut you off, but what the app gave him trusted NFL what? Uh, draft pedigree. Yeah, that's Lucas in a nutshell. All right, they nailed him on that one. Yep. That boy loves his pedigrees. So the players they had, they liked were Kirk Cousins, Tony Pollard, and Mike Williams. Um, they liked Kirk so, Cousins. Yep, what? they said, but the but he does has a have a weakness at quarterback, so okay. that's where he should focus. His percentage playoff chances are 65, 50, and 29. Again, this is from that source that ranked him with the worst draft. So, gotcha. I'm gonna. I'm getting the sense that these numbers are going to be fraudulent by the time we're all said and done here. I would love to uh, do a postseason recap on these numbers and and see how close these draft grades were. Well, but the thing is, you know, like, the total of each column has to equal 600, and there's just, I mean, there's no way they hate the teams at the top, like, are going to give them lower numbers than I've got. So I just want to see if these all, I literally just mean if the numbers work. Gotcha. All right. But anyway, all right, seven. And I will say, this this begins a tier break. To the, to me, this is the next class. 
Cam. If I look at number of players in the top 150, I am going to also say Cam. No. Yeah, but based on the grades, that's anyway. Derek. Um, Matt. Oh. Lucas got it. Lucas got it. Right, I thought you had committed to uh, Matt uh, Derek, so I just went ahead once Alec Lucas said it. Gotcha. Yeah, so Matt was given uh, an A minus in our draft app and an A minus in the other app. Um, so both of them liked his draft. Uh, his players are spread across the board, um, two, four, four, and two, in terms of top 25, 50, 100, etc. Um, and they said he was relying on the pass-catching big guys. Um, ah. Yeah. So um, I just wanted to look really quick at his uh, pass-catching big guys. If the I'm sorry, I'm trying to. Which is ironic, they're all short guys. Yeah, Cooper Cup, Devonta Smith, and DJ Moore. So those are his three wide receivers. Maybe they meant big in a play impact kind of way, not like a big beefy football boy kind of way. Yes, that's exactly what they mean. Yep. They they loved Cup, the Patriots defense, Christian Kirk. They had them, again, these are players that they have ranked ahead of where they're typically being drafted. Um. And his percent chance of making the playoffs is very high, 99%, 90 and 81% with average in-season management. So I think this is the first time that it deviates from the jankings a bit. You have him seventh, but these draft apps really like his team. Yeah, yeah, they do. Um, Now, I think the thing we – Lamar Jackson is more valuable in traditional scoring than he is for us. But beyond that, like, and they did this before the Cooper Cup injury, but if Cooper, if we're wrong and Cooper Cup is Cooper Cup and you've got Devontae Smith, you've got two top ten receivers. DJ Moore is a perfect wide receiver three with the big boom bust. Um, Dalvin Cook is shaky, but he locked up the Jets' backfield. So he's got Hall and Cook, so he's going to get the hot hand there. Uh, I like Michael Pittman on the bench. George Kittle's a good guy to have on the bench. I don't really care about Christian Kirk, but I think Aaron Rodgers is the perfect backup for Lamar Jackson. So, um, yeah, I like this team. So seventh is more about being fond of what everybody else did versus not liking what Matt did. And you didn't even mention Christian McCaffrey. So, <laughs> Could you imagine if this was last year and he had Christian McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook to start the year? Yeah, and Cooper Cup. Uh, yeah, yeah, seriously. Yep. Yep. Yeah, both the Christians. Alright, six. Whoever I said first last time. Who, who did I? I said Cam, but I really don't. I'm not going to say Cam again. I'm saying I'll, say Derek. Der- I'll say Derek, yeah. Derek, you guys got it. Alright. Go ahead, Alex. Oh, um, I like his team. I just, it just thinks he had to use that pick early on Justin Herbert, but it's what he wanted. Um, but it's not like he has a bad team. 
Because, like, what do, I, what do I have in here for, like, second round? I'm pretty sure he didn't get to pick until he got Jalen Waller, but he still got Jalen Waddle. And then what was his keeper again? Uh, Devontae Adams. Yeah, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Adams. And then, I mean, he got his QB, the one that he likes. Um, and then he still got Christian Watson, too, I believe, in the third round. So, like, his wide receiver core for having to pick where he did and having to grab someone early is just really solid. Um, running backs, I mean, he took a little bit of a risk, right? Because um, I think Damian Pierce is his first running back, right? Uh, J.K. Dobbins and Damian Pierce. J.K. Dobbins and... And Miles Sanders. I mean, it's not bad. Like, any one of those guys could pan out. So it's just a matter of fact. It's like hoping he has some running, like, big running back plays. But otherwise, I think his team's pretty much set. So. Yep, so his his grades were B+, plus, B-. minus. Um, he was pretty spread. He was the only team that did not draft a player um outside the top 100. Really? Was interesting. So, uh, but yeah, but he's got eight between 26 and and 100. So, um, now granted that doesn't really. Uh, I'd have to do the math. Maybe he has some picked outside of 150 then. Um, cause I don't think the numbers match up. So anyway, um, they also said he was, uh, reaching above his ADP, uh, like Kelly and Carly. So they felt like, um, he picked a lot of, a lot of players too early. Um, Justin Herbert, Miles Sanders, and Matt Gay, his punter. No, the kicker. That's not the punter, the kicker. Highest paid kicker in the league. Uh, that's right. Um, were their favorites. Um, Percent chance to make the playoffs, 75, 65, and 47. Okay. Um, just real quick. Yeah, this – I like this team. Like, it's uh, – the scary thing is Devontae Adams is at that age where he can be great or it can start to go off the cliff. Lucas, you're right. Christian Watson is a bit of a eh. – but I think Jahan Dotson on the bench with Terry McLaurin hurt. Love that. Um, he just needs one of J.K. Dobbins, Damian Pierce, and Miles Sanders to hit. One of those three hits, and he's in good shape. And we value quarterbacks more than that um, most sheets. So I I like the team. I'm old. My only concern is their running backs. All Two of them are on low-octane offenses, and the one that isn't is a running back by committee. But uh, I like him. Number six. And before we get to number five, I will say this is the next break in the uh, the tier for me. We go to another tax bracket now that we're in the top five. Um, Lucas Moore. Uh, well, I'm going to say Alex. <laughs> Alex. Week. Wait, Alex is right or it's Alex? Oh, sorry, sorry. Alex is five. Alex is number five. Classic. Right where I like to be, right in the middle, so I can, as I make my way up the ladders. Alex, if we could just turn off the Year of Confidence Part 2 for ten seconds, where would you put yourself? <sighs> Probably like four or five, let's be real. Like, let me tell you, I'm having a hard time shutting it off because I am so freaking hot. I know I'm bringing this up like the 17th time. <laughs> But I just walked out into the living room. It's 20 degrees cooler out here. I think my computer's trying to kill me. <laughs> so if I'm a little more out there today, it's it's probably heat stroke. But I believe four or five, I could be there. 
Alex, you're the looks over here you have to say. And I actually want to, before you get to what the rankings say, I want to take a look at this team and just kind of let me know if you agree or disagree with this premise. This is the first time we're talking about a team that I think as is can win the championship. There are, there are things to be concerned about here. You, you are locking in three 31 year old wide receivers with Allen, Lockett and Hopkins. So okay. I don't like if that favors you, but if, if they, if two of, out of those three defy mother nature, you are going to have fantastic wide receivers. And then I'm also worried that Stefan Diggs is becoming a concern in Buffalo. So if I'm wrong about that, I mean, this is an incredible pack of wide receivers you have. Joe Mixon is one of the few workhouse running backs in the NFL. And now Nick Chubb has that honor with Kareem Hunt out of town and Joe Burrow is the quarterback. Like there are holes here, but if it hits, this is a high ceiling team for me. Thank you. Um, No, I was just, I was just going to say, I was laughing when you said the three wide receivers over 31, because the analysis of his draft is, and I quote, Time to invest in some pension plans. <laughs> All right. So. I'm going to take you for a walk here, guys. Okay. <laughs> and we're going to go to, I don't know, any other country in the world. Let me tell you, they go to any other country. They got these 85-year-olds living the high life because they're meant to be respected because they're smart. And we're over here in the United States, and we chuck them in a room with a pudding cup. Okay. That ain't about me. I ain't giving up on the elderly. You know what I mean? I believe in them. They think you're good at quarterback and running back, but the receiver core is a concern. That is untrue. <laughs> Respect your elders. Okay. Uh, they do. That. They do, however, like Nick Chubb, Keenan Allen, Joe Mixon, and somebody who you've dropped from your roster already. The Lions' defense, Alex. I am confused. They liked me picking the Lions defense. They did. And you dropped them like two days after the draft, all this pro Lions stuff and knowing 10% of the defensive linemen and you drop their defense. You know what? I must. Okay. I'm (laughs) I'm trying to kill you into picking them up again. I may be dumb, Lucas, but I'm not stupid. You know what I mean? I mean, no offense to the team Lions last year, but they were a glass cannon. And I don't necessarily know if I can trust them yet, but I am telling you, you know, Google late lines defense linemen, and you probably find something talking about how great their depth is at that position. But anyway, so going back to my original thing, uh, Steven, where do you think that I should be? I think I should be ranked four or five, but still above Lucas Moore. That's my answer. So (laughs) I like my team. I didn't think it was going to turn out the way that it did at all. I really like picking at the edges, but it is hard at 10 because you really kind of lose the opportunity to pick, like, an elite player. Like, don't get me wrong. I was very lucky that Joe Burrow fell to me, but, like, it's not like I want my first pick to be Stefan Diggs. I still believe in him, but it does make it more difficult. And I think as the draft went on, it didn't become an issue because drafting right next to each other is really great because, like, I can make a play and without having to worry about my next play. You know what I mean? And I think that helped me out a lot. It's just difficult right at the beginning. So I didn't think I was going to end up with Stefan Diggs, but I did, so I'm happy with it. And um, DeAndre Hopkins was really just like a a really a rando pull. Um, And besides, when Williams gets unsuspended, (laughs) it's going to be great. He'll go back out and bet on the next game, and you'll be screwed again. So, um, Not this game, though. 
I know. We made the comment in the draft, too, that, you know, we were going to get screwed. And then everything fell to us. And you picked up Diggs and Burrow, which, I'm sorry, I would argue is better than any prime player plus DK Metcalf or, or somebody like that. Um, I think that's a great two-pick versus a um, superstar stud, which you really still got in Burrow. So. Oh, no, I think it's great. It's just, you know, I'm missing out on all the Justin Jeffersons and the Cooper yeah. Cup pre-injuries and the Patrick Mahomes and the J-Dots and the – but, like, it's still – that's the cool thing is, like, I miss out on one of those top-tier things, but, like, I get my first pick of the second round, which yeah. means I can still get a pretty high-tier person. Nice. Yeah, that's kind of what I meant. Sorry, just real quick, Lucas, uh, are you in the same place? We are now the championship contenders, or you feel like there's uh, too, too many plot holes with the teams we've talked about? No, yeah, looking at Alex's team, I could definitely see it happen. Like you said, there's some tweaks that need to happen, but everybody needs tweaks during the season, unless you're Carly. So, so what am I saying? Yeah, did you give us Alex's percentages? Yes. Oh, can you run them again? Uh, I can. Um, oh, maybe I didn't. No, I did not. I apologize. 85, nice. 70, 75, and 62. All right, 62% chance to make the playoffs. Let's go, boys. You got this. What was my grades? Uh, you were uh, Bs, I Bs. believe. Yeah, Bs. B, B and B. Nice. Bed and breakfast. Like I said, you, you did. You did say I had the geriatric team, but yes, okay. didn't get the question. Well, you do. I mean, the rest. You know, you've also got Darren Waller on the bench, and I still can't believe DeAndre Swift is on your team. But Miles off. Okay, four. He's not old. No, he's just bad. Alex. Um, we're gonna go with Bob. I'm gonna go with Lucas Moore. You're both wrong. I'm going to go with Steve. I'm going to go with Lucas Moore. <laughs> I'm checking at four to start the year. Uh, keep it brief. I love this team. Again, this is about I really like what teams one through three did. I think uh, Drake London is a leap of faith, and I'm a little a little wiggly with my lax flex position in needing Akers or Javante Williams to hit, but I love having Michael Thomas and Romeo Dobbs there. I I, I really like this team. Uh, you were graded as a, a C plus at the bottom uh, in our draft app, along with another team who has yet to be ranked. I would like to point out. Yeah. Uh, in the other app, you were an A minus, and okay. you were the fifth of five teams to say that they were reaching above their ADP. Um, so they also thought that you drafted a few players, which I would agree with. Um, I can't think of them off my head, but I, I do remember thinking that at during draft time that I was like, oh, that's a little early for that person. But anyway, um, there's a lot to like. Players we particularly like on this team, and there's a lot to like here is what they say. Uh, include Aaron Jones, the Ravens defense, Cam Akers, and Mr. Young Waku. Yes. Draft um, uh, strong quarterback play, despite not being strong at running back and receiver, we think this team should be above average. So your chances of playoffs are 99%, 90%, and 81. 
Hold on just one second. All right, so before we get into the top three, I just want to talk the numbers. So, again, for this to be actual math, these numbers have to equal 600%. You know what I'm saying? Like with a percentage of great, medium, whatever the three criteria for percentage of playoffs are. So these last three teams have to average 36% chance of making the playoffs um, as is for these numbers to be valid. So I am a little disappointed in the people who did this. Yeah, no, it's – there's quite a few teams with a 99% chance of making the playoffs. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Three. Okay. I, really, I really hate you because I don't think it's me. Um, I'm going to say Bob. And Alex said me already, by the way. Okay. Lucas, when was the last time you weren't number one in the preseason rankings? Last year. It's still at work, though. Oh, you weren't number one. Okay, fantastic. All right. Three's Cam. Uh, Steve, you you ranked yourself number – well, I don't know if I did preseason. Anyway, three is Cam. Congratulations, Cam. Damn it. That was my one chance at being number two. (laughs) Um. I would disagree with it. I, I, Cam's got to be one or two. Um, he got a draft grade of A in our draft app and A minus in the other one. Um, quarterback is definitely a strength. Um, they love DK Metcalf and the Steelers defense. Here we are talking crap about DK, but they loved that pick. Um, his. <laughs> And if you're paying attention, Cam, here's the numbers, 99%, 90%, and 83, which means you have the exact same chance as Steve, except you have a 1% greater chance with average in-season management. But, uh, no, he was very happy with his first four picks, and I don't blame him at all. There was a lot of players that fell to him that – they were just golden. I mean, Jefferson being number one, I still think Taylor will end up doing well for him this year. It just sucks right now. Um, and then, oh gosh, I forget his second pick after Jefferson. Metcalf. Thank you. Right, we were just talking about that. It's hot over here too, Alex. Sorry, I need to agree with you, Lucas. This if we would have done these things the day after the draft, I would be Cam would be number one, but I am factoring in both McLaurin and Taylor are not going to be playing in week one. That's fair. So in case Cam was swearing about this draft still only being number three, you would have been number one, Cameron, but I'm basing it on today. Alex, you still with us or have you melted yet? Oh, I'm, 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 I'm still here, man. Awesome. Who's number two, Lucas Moore? (laughs) I think we've lost Alex. No, no, I'm good, man. No, Steve's going to piss me off, so number two is Bobby. It's Lucas. It's Lucas. Oh, yay. See, last year you had me at seven. So So number one doesn't work, seven doesn't work, so now we're trying something new with number two. As long as I make the playoffs, baby. Um, yeah, so the draft, draft app gave me an A+. Plus. I have no reason, I have no idea why. I think it was a stupid grade. Um, 
the other the great one. Curve. I don't know. Potential, baby. I draft on potential. It didn't work for me last time either. <laughs> uh, the other one gives me an A minus and says sophomore breakouts are a thing, right? Because as I just mentioned, I drafted on potential and I hope sophomore breakouts are a thing. Um, well, Bijan's not a sophomore, but still. Um, uh, they say my team is about strength at the running back position and it will be a legitimate contender somewhere. Marshall Falk is smiling. Great. I don't get the Falk I don't either. Uh, they love the Eagles defense and Chris Godwin um, being grabbed so late. My chances are less than you and Cam. Uh, they give me a 90, 85, and a 79% chance. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, that's the highest average playoff chance. The highest, no, no, you guys were in the 80s. Never mind. See, I'm wrong. It's hot, Alex. So, like, statistically, if you don't make the playoffs per this, I don't know, 95% seems a little high for anybody. That's crazy. Yeah, I then I really screwed up somewhere. So, um, yeah. No, um, I, I mean, I enjoy my team. Like I said earlier, Devo was my ugh pick, but. Hopefully that's hopefully I'm wrong about that. Um, but I did feel like I had to. Um, no, never mind. That was my other draft. I like my running backs. I agree. Bijan and Najee Harris are my top two, and I've got Madison on the bench and yeah. Brian Robinson Jr. on the bench. So um, I feel really good with that. I'm just hoping Anthony Richardson does very well, so I've got a keeper next year. That's the rationale. Like that does that is the only thing you did that made no sense in the draft because he's going to be pointless this year. But if yeah. it's the, for next year, yeah, it's a flyer. Uh, he's got a high ceiling. I need him for one week, and if he ends up sucking, he's my first player I drop. Congrats. Yeah. Debo's well, name is it really Debo? Yeah. Right. What is it? Demar. I was hoping like Fred. All right. I just. I just want to say, I love this team. The starters are great. Like, Debo's a two, feels a little gross, but it's little, not like a big problem. And your bench is fantastic. Madison, George Pickens, I've got. He and Jahan Dotson were the only two times in the draft where they got player got picked where I swore out loud. I love that one. And I think Brian Robinson and Brandon Cooks are perfect picks for the reasons you said. Like, if they work, great. And if they don't, they're who I, they're who I drop when, uh, the, the waiver wire studs kind of become available in the first two weeks. So nicely done. Thank you. And then Bobby, congrats. Um, the lowest rated draft from our draft app was Bobby. Really? Number one in the rankings. He was a uh, C plus. Um, and, and, but he was a B plus in the other app. Um, Four, five. Oh, the, he was the fifth reaching above ADP. That's where I got messed up a little bit. Um, and if I pull up his, where is his thing? There we go. Um, yeah, they love Alave, Ridley, and Gibbs. So do I. Um, those are those are great picks. Uh, his percent playoff chances are 90, 80, and 71. Um with a weakness at the quarterback position. 
What do yeah. you guys think? Do you think Deshaun Watson this year is going to be Deshaun Watson or last year Deshaun Watson? I think, um, and you broke up a little bit there. I don't know if it was just me or everything, but I, I understood the question. I, I don't know. I'm not as highly sold on him as like you and, and Bobby are. Maybe Bobby's not even highly sold on him. It was one of the last quarterbacks picked. Um, but he really was the best available at, at that time. And it kind of screwed Kelly over, um, cause she, she still needed one. I, I think he's got a chance. I think it's 50-50. Um, he's got the talent. It's just been a really long time uh, since he's showcased it. I think Goff is a perfect backup to that, though. Yes. Um, so if it doesn't work out, you throw Goff in and you, you you don't miss a beat. And I, James Cook, I'm a big fan of. I think that uh, lead running back in a high-octane offense the two thirds of that three headed monster are gone this year. And I forget what, who's backing them up right now, but it is not serious competition. So uh, I think he's one of the top teams as far as running back rotations. So yeah, I think Deshaun Watson just has to not suck and the rest of the team can bring it together. But I am. So none of the teams have less than a 50% chance of making the playoffs with Excellent or mediocre management, and only two teams less than 50% of whatever they called the third one. So I am disappointed with the numbers. But moving on. All right, Alex, anything to add before we get to the uh, the guessing game of who is going to win this week? Uh, I'm like two minutes away from DoorDash and a popsicle. But besides that, that's the only thing I'm really thinking about. <laughs> All right. Well, then let's get to it. All right. The week one jank up of the week is two Lucas versus three Cameron. Alex, who do you have before death settles in? Cameron. Cameron. All right. And then and always my favorite, the one, <laughs> one body versus ten Carly. Lucas, who do you have? That's not right. One Bobby versus, I'm sorry. Ten now Kelly. I'm, sorry. Bobby plays Kelly, not Carly. The numbers were right. Yes, I'm sorry. I apologize for that. Yeah, uh, Bob. All right. I also agreed with you both on Cam, and I am agreeing with you on Bobby. Alex, who do you have? Carly. And by or Carly, Kelly. Kelly. Okay. All right. Next, we are going to go with four Steve versus five Alexander, and I'm going to take myself. Alex, who are you doing? I'm going to take Alexander. Break the tie, Lucas. Steve. Coward. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Lucas, six Derek versus nine Carly. I got that one right. Um, I'm going to take Carly. I'm going to take Derek. Alex, what are you doing? Actually, I'm sorry. I'm redoing that. I forgot about Kelsey. I'm taking Derek. Okay. I'm taking Carly. And wrap us up, Alex. Seven, Matt versus eight, Junior. Ah, Junior. Lucas. Matt. Gonna go with Junior as well. nope. Gonna go with Matt. Change my mind. 
All right, we're going to wrap it up quickly before death strikes you all, because I'm in the basement and I feel cool. Uh-huh. What is recommendation for the week? Let me tell you what. Baldur's Gate 3 is one of the best games I have ever played. Go play it. It is Dungeons & Dragons, the video game. It's crazy how they did it. I'm obsessed with it. I've beaten it once, and I've already started, like, six different campaigns. So, oh. All right. I I'm I was very close to getting it and that's what I've been hearing from everybody so um I'll I'll have to bite the bullet and get it too. Yeah, dude. Um I recommend air conditioning. That's a great thing. <laughs> I dare you. I think this is going to be my biggest recommendation of the year as the one I'm currently working on right now. Uh there is a show on Amazon Prime called Louder Milk, like louder louder than quiet milk. It is about a substance abuse counselor and his therapy group. It is incredible, witty dialogue. It's got Ron Livingston, the main guy from Office Space. I know he's done other things, but probably the easiest way to know him. It's got uh, Brian Reagan. He's a stand-up comedian known for being pretty clean cut, um, but the, the very opposite of this in the show. Just really give it a run if you just got nothing else on your, your search, and you're gonna you're gonna love it. What's it called? Louder milk. Louder milk. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Well, uh, thanks for, thanks for coming out to play guys. And until next week. And as always, good night, Gracie. Is Gracie okay? It's so hot.